Hey guys and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Now, we have on the podcast next week uh, Mr Luke Hoffman coming back. Um, all things going ahead, um, unless Covid tries to get in the way of that recording, which um, fingers are crossed that it doesn't. Um, myself and Luke will be recording an episode all about programme design, some physiological considerations that you might want to take into account Um you know, for a male versus a female, um, and a whole host of other things. So that'll be a juicy episode. Uh, that'll be um, Luke's second appearance on the podcast. And what you're finding is that there's a lot of returning guests coming to the podcast right now, and that's because what I've found is that I've done a heck of amount of interviews with a lot of people in the industry. I've covered a heck of amount of topics, but when I go back, I'm like, that same individual that I've interviewed has a fountain of knowledge that I think would be like way more viable to share um, and talk about a, another topic rather than just think, right, okay, I've done, we've done sort of one guest interview and we've chatted back and forth about a certain topic, you know, just bring them back on and discuss what, what other things can help you improve your physique and take your physique to that sort of next level, um, apart from just giving it the fucking beans on, on the hack school, which I'm sure if you're listening to this, you're already either currently doing or have done today or will be doing in the next few days. Now, to give you a little bit of an update on sort of where myself and the team are at, uh, we are just sort of launched or finished launching our eight-week physique, physique uh, our eight-week elite physique program, and that starts as of um, this week. So by the time this podcast goes out um, those people taking part in that will have got their plans and will have started um, from a, a business standpoint things have been extremely busy the team is growing and I wanted to just say th- a massive thank you to everyone that's coming on board from myself and um, you know Alan, Ali and Clara um, I always I always call them Clary um, just, just always get tongue twisted um, but I think I speak for um, all three of us, when we say we are truly grateful for everyone that has came on board and, and put your sort of faith in us to help you take your physique to a place that it's never been. Um, but hey, less about us and more about the point of today's episode. There's going to be a couple of things I'm going to talk about that I haven't really done too much talking of, and that is going to be about recovery. All right, so we're going to be talking specifically about, you know, rest days when to take them, should you take them, when's best to take them, um, and then also just just a little bit on sleep. And I know I've done a whole podcast with um, Ryan of the Muscle Mentors, Ryan underscore Muscle Mentors, um, earlier on, this was last year, a whole podcast on sleep. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to just dumb it down a little bit, um, contextualise it and put it in layman's terms um, for those of you that don't really like the science science behind it because I think that that sort of rest periods and and poor sleep quality um, really kind of go hand in hand I realized I just said rest periods I should have said rest days then again I suppose I you know I could talk about rest periods as well because often people rush rush sets in the gym or rush their rest because they're trying to get out um, but rest days in general you know well, I think if we lived in an ideal world and by all means we don't uh, we would want to be taking the, the same rest rest days um, per week. However, not everyone um, has that luxury, right? You know, you might have kids that they have classes on and you have to take those classes change every single week. 
you might work shifts um, you might have to do different days you might have to do night shifts and um, you just other commitments uh, that you have on which mean that your training has to differentiate now if i'm going to talk two scenarios right <laughs> for that first one you you got to just take what you can get right and if you have the ability to rest before those big sessions which i'll get to in a minute then then you would do so if however you do have the luxury to to do that there's a few things that you may have not considered that i, I want to sort of talk you through um, and, and my sort of thinking and reasoning behind why I'll put rest days in on specific, you know, specific days across the week. So, if we if we take your program, and you know, your program itself should be personal to you. Now, l- listen. If you're a bikini girl, you're no doubt training legs quite a lot. You're no doubt training delts quite a lot. I totally get that. It, it, they're going to be very very similar, but they're not going to be carbon copies because. There may be some movements that you connect with that uh, another bikini girl doesn't. Or let's say you're a physique guy or you're an aspiring physique guy. You know, yes, you've got to work your fucking chest and your chest and your delts a lot, but you might have a decent decent lateral delt and a shit upper chest. And then the next guy might have a decent upper chest and a shit lateral delt, you know what I mean? So again, that's personal to you. And it should be personalised to the areas that you'd like to add muscle mass to and the ones that you want to bring up so whether we call them weak body parts or just areas you want to add up so i guess my first strategy would be uh, let's prioritize those muscle groups and let's go into them fresh if we can right so let's have a look you know i'm, I'm going to take the the bikini girl example that you no doubt want to bring up your glutes and your hamstrings right now if we look across your 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 working uh, your, your week, sorry, and maybe you're on a five-day rotation. Some of you may be on a 4-1. Um, it just really, really does depend. But let's have a look at when those toughest, toughest days are. And by that, I mean really those sort of sessions that are going to take you like the most amount of energy to get through. You know, the one that's got the big movements in it, the, the fucking, you know, the heavy stuff, the compounds, the, the hip thrusters, the smith, the leg press, you name it, it's in there. Now, would it not make sense to try and go into these sessions as fresh as possible? And and my, my thought process behind that is, if you go in fresh, you're more than likely going to put way more beans into it than if you went in a little bit, you know, a little bit fatigued. I was about to say under-recovered, right? But um, I think... A little bit fatigued is a word. So, again, let's take that strategy. We know that if you want to bring up your glutes, it's going to, or glutes and hammies, that's going to be a tough day as it is. So you've got the perfect scenario where that number one, it's high energy demands, and then number two, it's an area you want to bring up. So you're going to be wanting to go into that day as fresh as you can. So my suggestion is for it, like to have a rest day before that day. Or what you could do is focus, like, you know, maybe you have a, a, a session that has less energy demands. So kind of like a push day or maybe perhaps an upper body day that um, is more sort of delt, delt focused. And you're maybe going to come back to me and say, Vaughn, but you know what, us bikini girls, 
we uh, we <laughs> we like to train legs three times a week, and I'd say, well, well yeah, sure you do. And and here's one sort of thing. I wrote an article the other day that won't be published for a couple of uh, weeks, but it's on the similar sort of topic. Um, I think right. If you want to bring up your glutes and hamstrings, there's no doubt going to be one leg day in there that is more quad focused, right? And you maybe tag on those glutes and hamstrings. So let's say you've had a day off on the Sunday and on the Monday you train lower one and, you know, it goes superb. And then on the Tuesday is maybe your upper body session, you know, maybe a combination of it's, it's shoulders, it's back, it's maybe a little bit of arms, um, definitely not bicep work because bikini girls my, my girls will know that we don't really program in bicep work um, and then that second lower session is maybe perhaps more quad orientated so I would probably put that after that upper body session depending on how you know your ability to to recover which is, which is the third point you need to consider but if you were to put that on um the sort of third day, then you had a day off. Now, you've effectively just hit your legs twice in in three days. So you kind of be training them again after that day off. So that's when, you know, if you go back to my earlier point of perhaps putting a little push session or something like that in there for that third leg day, that's where I'd put it in. So you can imagine you've had a day off and you've had more of an upper body day. When you go into that um, sort of next leg session, you are raring to go, absolutely raring to go. You then would have a day off thereafter to allow you to recover before you then be back to lower one. And that's kind of my two cents on it. That's how that's how I look at it. I, I understand that there's not there's not everyone that's on a five day split, right? But when I think about it, right, not everybody wants to be a pro bodybuilder, and. <laughs> I'm going to use bodybuilding even for females because uh, that's how they would train. Bikini girls are bodybuilders, right? Um, you, you know, you guys have commitments. You have friends, family. Some of you have kids. You like, you might want to always have a Sunday off. I know personally, I do. So, so those people that maybe say like, "Oh, well, I train, I train lower, upper, off, uh, lower, off, and then back to the start," I'm always like, "Well, that's cool, but then that means you're training at different days." on like week one versus week two versus week three and if you're anything like me you've got shit on you've got stuff to do you you've got a routine and maybe maybe perhaps on a sunday you don't want to train because that's the day that you that you see your family your friends you do your sunday shop maybe you know maybe you clean the house and um, if there's guys listening i'm not being sexist here you guys might clean the house as well <laughs> but um you get what i'm trying to say right so this is why I always tend to favour um, running more like a five-day rotation than than a four or three and keeping that sort of continuous, if that makes sense. And I guess if I was to go back to a point I said there is we do need to look at your ability to recover. Now, when it comes to females, you guys have a superior ability to recover than us guys. You, you know, pound for pound, any high-level female athlete that I train with usually kicks my ass in regards to their strength um, to body weight sort of ratio. And I'll do, you know, I'll do two sets, two working sets on a lot of stuff. They'll do three. 
um, I'll still be blown at my ass, lying on the floor, not ready to go. And, you know, they're bouncing about the gym, ready to go, they're on their next set and whatnot. Um, and and if, if I was to take Clara as an example, every single time uh, I've trained with her, um, when we look at body weight, her body weight versus the load she does, the volume she does, you know, on paper she'd kick, she'd kick my ass. Um, and that's an assisted male um, saying that. So uh, females, you know, I hope that you feel empowered by listening to that. Um, and if you, if you haven't, go tell your partner, um, if they're a bodybuilder as well, that, that you're probably stronger than them, you can recover and go again quicker. Um, that is mostly simply because just you have something called oestrogen that not a lot of us guys have. I suppose us assisted guys have got a little bit. Um, and it's somewhat anti-catabolic, right? Oh, big fancy word. That pretty much just means that it will not allow you to break down as much as us males will do. So we might have one female that's on that five-day split and they say, Vaughn, you know what? I train lower and then I train upper and then I'm just absolutely fucked. I need it. Like the, the, the second lower session, it's more quad dominant. Um, I feel like I'm going through the motions. I'm motivated for it, blah, blah. Well, then we say, right, you know what? Let's put that lower day. Let's, let's have a day off. Let's put that lower day after the day off so you can go into it, you feel fresh. Then on the then on the Thursday you've got a or sorry, the day after that you've got a more of a push orientated session. But then you'd have your sort of third lower day there, right? So that in that scenario, you're gonna need to look at programming and you're gonna think, right, well, do they have a, a lack of ability to recover because they're doing too much volume on the Monday, on the on the lower one? Is that like completely fucking them over? And then making them not want to train that hard on the on the second the third day, and and that's really I think one of the intricacies of coaching, and the only way you can really know that is to communicate. And again, if I take a couple of the bikini athletes for next year, um, I've adjusted their training volume, and if they will be listening to this at some point, I think one of them I I added four sets for their glutes and hamstrings across the week. Um, I left their delt volume where it was. The other one, I had a similar increase to glute and hamstring, but I actually pushed up their delt volume. And how we went about that was, I just, you know, we had a look at their data. They'd been running a program for a while. And I, and I just ran, I just said, I was like, how, like, how is your glutes ability to recover? Do you feel excessively sore? Do you feel like you could handle a bit more there? because I wanted to get more of a response, or we wanted to get more of a response, should I say. And the, the, the response was, yeah, yeah, I feel fine on that day. I'm like, right, cool. I'm thinking, can we add two sets here, two sets, two sets there? Yeah, cool, right. Then the next week, right, give me some feedback. How's that feeling? Right, feeling good. Yeah, absolutely class. No bother at all. Right, cool. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And then you just give it some time. You, you have to give it time. You have to give it, like, say... 8, 10, 12 weeks, right? Building muscle takes time, unfortunately. Um, losing fat, you're going to see that more on a, on a month, on a week-to-week basis if it's an aggressive dieting phase. Building tissue, it's going, to, it's going to take weeks, it's going to take months. And as long as your athletes are invested for that, your clients are invested for that, um, it's just, it's so fun to just sit back and watch someone mutate. Well, you don't sit back, you, as a coach, you do a lot. Um, but that's my two cents on your, your ability to recover. I'll, I'll know that there are... There are few male bodybuilders who are like very very strong that will get that will get away with continuously training more than three days in a row, 
Um, I personally this week have to train five days in a row, but that is simply because I'm like, right, we're away this weekend and it's not every weekend we're away, so I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to get on with it. But for the most part, I know that if I tried to do that all the time, I would end up getting injured. And that's just simply because of how fucked I am after lower body sessions on the Tuesday that I do because just the load is so high, the dons after it's high, but also the the fatigue on my like central nervous system again is very, very high that I usually need a day off um before I can go into that the session after. Um but the same I think the same processes apply is that you know I used to have a day off before lower body day so I could put more into it. Now because I have I want to bring up my arms and my upper chest, I have a push and arm session before my lower body session. So like it's not that high energy demands. I feel fresh. I can go in and I can blitz uh, lower body and rinse myself um, the day after that, no problem at all. Uh, but I need a day off after it, and that is um, something that I've came to realise that without it, um, yes, I can get through my workouts, for example, one off this week, but I couldn't do that constantly. And, and that doesn't mean, that does not mean that you need to go away as a guy and uh, start, start doing the same uh, I have male clients that have different days off, different splits, um, but for the most part, a lot of the guys I work with, we have five-day splits. We're systematically trying to bring up a lot of things at once, um, but the, the ones that have been around for a bit more longer, the more you know, the bigger guys, uh, we have prioritised, you know, um, right, we're doing a push in arms and we're having a posterior day, um, or we're adding in a bit more arm volume, we're reducing back volume because we, our back's good, and we're putting a, more, a bit more volume towards the chest, uh, upper chest region and our triceps or something like that so small tweaks but for the most part uh, I think that when you find a system that works um, why change it if that makes sense so I think if I was to summarize what I just said there I think that when it comes to rest days you you need to look at you know one you, you the training sessions that have the highest energy demands your weak body parts or the areas you like to bring up and your recovery capabilities. And I guess that leads me on to the second part of this podcast, which is speaking about um, recovery and sleep. And it's kind of another one that I, I will, an article I wrote, um, which was which was titled Poor, Poor Sleep and Poor Results. It was, it was, some, it was something along those lines. Um, poor sleep equals poor results. I think, I think that was it. Um, and what I tried to say was that I will work with so many people or over the course of the years I've worked with with many men like a lot like hundreds of men and women and I see a lot of them they are over analyzing their nutrition their programming and they spend so much time trying to figure out what's best when in reality a lot of the time both those elements are like they're just they're spot on but it's simply a case of their lack of recovery that is halting their progress with their physique and, and they're not allowing them to get stronger, add more muscle mass, or they're plateauing with their fat loss, etc. etc. And here's the unfortunate truth, right? Again, in an ideal world, everyone would sleep eight hours a night and we would um, you know, we would have an epic pre-bed routine and we wouldn't have exposure to blue light, etc. etc. But in reality of it, people choose to stay up and watch Netflix and they watch another episode and they watch another episode. They end up getting five hours of sleep, um, opposed to watching one, and then the next day watching one. And as you're watching it, getting your your blue light blockers on, you're thinking, "Well, Vaughn, why the hell does me watching binge it, binge watching um, 
sort of episodes on repeat uh, affect my training? And I said, well, you know, it's going to increase stress on the body. And, you know, I've talk, we talk about this to death, that stress, increased st- levels of stress in the body will just put the body in a less efficient mat. Like, you're going to burn fat at a less efficient rate, as well as, like, adding muscle mass will be, or that, like, adding muscle mass, mass process will be less efficient. And that comes from higher levels of stress, which a lot of people will know, um, will mean higher levels of cortisol and I hope I hope if you haven't already um, just just go listen to some of the previous podcasts we've done about this go on the website check out some of the articles um, myself and the team you know, we try and explain things in a manner by which you can understand and I hope that I really hope that it does come across that way if it does please reach out to me if you're listening to this podcast and you think you know of one yeah yeah is it you do explain it in a, in a layman's terms way just drop me a dm just let me know just say von yeah that was sort of that, you, know, you guys do however if you feel like that's not the case i'd love to hear from you as well there will be some episodes there will be some episodes that there's a lot of sciencey words and whatnot and i try and do my best when the guests are on to 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 bring them down to the the normal level as we should say but um i know there's some listeners that love all that sciencey stuff so it's about trying to find that balance so anyway back to back to poor sleep so let's say we're getting five hours a night so naturally we're going to increase that feeling of tiredness right so let's say we've we've absolutely smashed that lower one session and we're, we know that the next day we're going to be fatigued anyway but let's say we we have five hours of sleep feel even worse the next day but we've got an upper one session to go into now you might find that the whole time you're in that workout you just head's not in it you don't want to do it your performance might suffer right so it means that you're not getting stronger maybe perhaps you're getting weaker not only that you have an inability to get you know get stronger because stress on the body or drop body fat because stress in the body is higher so like that should then you should then see the direct importance of well if I get a good eight hour of sleep and it means I'm gonna go to my session fresher, have more of a more of an ability to like perform and progress my lifts. I Meaning if I can if I can progress my lifts then I'm gonna break muscle mass down more. It's then gonna recover and allow me to, to build new muscle mass. So I hope that you're starting to connect the dots, right? X, Y, and Z. Now, if we also look at sort of poor sleep and what it does to the body, it makes us feel shitty, right? It makes us want to have a little bit of a, a bit of a sugar sugar high rush, a hit, if if you might say, and that can result in an overconsumption of calories. Simple as that. If you're dieting, you feel lethargic and your cravings get higher, um, then you're going to want to overeat and then you get stagnation and then you get frustrated and then you get pissed off and then you're like oh my god we've got to drop our calories down and it's like well actually no you didn't you didn't need to drop your calories down you needed to stay on top of your recovery your rest days put everything you can into your training session your cardio your steps and and just get the most fat loss from every single level of energy balance you do and some of you just went, Vaughn, you've lost me the word energy balance. If you ever hear me say that on a podcast, right, 
it's just referring to we have food that we eat that's energy in and we have like energy that we expend via like how we move whether that's through training steps whatever that's energy balance right the the, the energy in versus energy out that's all i'm referring to if you hear me say that so back to what i was trying to say was you maybe overeat you're tired so at night you're due to go on a 30 minute walk to get your steps in but you're tired and you don't do that so you stop moving quite as more so you could then see well actually by binge watching episodes of netflix or, or this that, and the next time i'm putting myself in a compromised position to not become an elite version of myself and, and ultimately that's that's what we do here at vw physique is we we help you achieve a result that you just never thought possible and to do that there's some simple strategies when it comes to sleep that I, I will recommend and try and implement and that can be just setting a bed time and setting an awake time getting the body's natural clock or circadian rhythm as we like to call it get that firing right when you like when you set the routine your body will now if you always go to bed let's say at 9 p.m by the time it gets to 8 you're gonna find you're getting sleepy you're getting sleepy if you go to bed at 8 one night, 11 the next, 1 a.m. the next day, your body doesn't know what the fuck's going on. And the same with the awake time as well, right? You'll probably find that if you naturally set your alarm for, say, 7 in the morning, after a wee while, you'll find your body will start waking you up just before your alarm, and eventually you just won't need it. So that's the first strategy. Number two, no phone or TV one hour prior to bed. Reason is, a lot of people become very reactive to what they see on their phone, social media um, so I often say if you are going to go on your phone no social media an hour before bed so you don't get fucking raging at um, you know Betty who's just posted about Covid and you're fucking sick of hearing it so stay off social media if you're going to watch TV you know going to put some sort of mind numbing Netflix on or whatever it is get your blue light blockers on man right just that's so so easy um, no you know you might look like a fanny but hey you're looking like a fanny in your own house um that, that's the main thing. Why, Yvonne? Why why do we need to put blue light blockers on? Well, the blue light that's coming from your screen is, is having a direct impact on what we call the sleep hormone. It's called melatonin, right? So if we if we reduce that, um, that we reduce that blue light emissions, we allow our body's natural melatonin stores not to be affected and allow us to make us feel sleepy. And I'll put my hand up and say that the minute that I don't use them and I get lazy, maybe at the weekend, I will not sleep as good. Whereas during the week, when I put them on, let's, I usually put them on about 7pm. By the time it gets to 8, about quarter to 8, so that's after 45 minutes, my eyes start getting so heavy, just so heavy. And I always, have, I always get to sleep quicker and have a much deeper sleep. And I guess the third strategy to improve your sleep would be learn to chill. <laughs> like, please learn to chill. Um, and you, you might be unaware that, that you're, you know, you're on social media and you're having these sort of um, emotional reactions to posts or this and the next thing but when we have these sort of little small snippets of um, emotional responses we're increasing the body's like adrenaline right and you, you know you've all heard of the word adrenaline fight or flight is the one thing that gets your buzzing your heart rate going we do not want that uh, we want the opposite of that before bed we want to be chilling out we want to be like zen <laughs> for, for a better word I'm not saying you need to be doing any hippy dippy bullshit. I'm just saying get your like get your phone, put it away to the side, 
you can message your mates back later, you can like that Instagram post tomorrow, but spend time, whether it be with your family, with the pets, maybe perhaps you with your partner, maybe you're into reading, journaling, having a bath, meditating, whatever it is, get it done, get a pre-bed routine and just do it time and time again. You know, I think in the industry itself, a lot of people are on a never-ending pursuit of what's the answer, what's the next best thing, what is the secret to gaining muscle mass and or, you know, and building my physique. And I think what people fail to realise is that like, sleep is one of the most, if not the most powerful anabolic tools out there. And here's the thing, guys. It's free. <laughs> right you don't need to be paying for that creatine that protein powder or that if you're a guy that bottle of a bottle of steroids it's like people would see so much more progress in the early days of their journey i know i would have if i just seen the value in like sleep itself so i hope that if you haven't considered um when to have your rest days or you know how you can improve your recovery and sleep. I'd really hope that this podcast helps. And if you feel that there's someone in your circle that would benefit from hearing these words, um, please do send it to them, share it to them, pop on your social media, tag me in it. I respond personally to all my Instagram messages. Um, it takes up a lot of the day, but it's part of it's part of what I do. Um, and so do the team as well. And it's, it's plain and simple, there's one reason why we do what we do, and that is because we want to try and help as much people as possible in, you know, in the time that we're alive to feel better, look better, and achieve a result that they never thought possible. We, we call that becoming an elite version of yourself. Call it whatever you want. It's pretty much just getting to the, not the end of the journey, because the journey is always ongoing, getting to a point in the journey where you just look at yourself in the mirror and you go, holy fucking shit. And I will say that if, if as a if as a if I hear that from a client, um, then I'm doing my job. If I don't hear that, then there's something I need to do better. And I think that as coaches, when we don't achieve the desired result the client was looking for, we have to take some onus upon that. That it's not necessarily the client's fault. It's it's how I will say how could I have coached you better. To have got to a better, you know, a better end result, and I'll do that at the end of every transformation, whether it be for a photo shoot, a show, whatever it is. It's a case of right, let's jump on the call. You know, even if that, even if that client won, I'm always like, right, let's jump on the call. Let's let's just chat about prep. What, how did it go? What could we have done better? What could have you done better? What could have I done better? Could I support you more, etc., etc., etc. Why do we do that? It's the only way that we get better. And I don't think there's not, there's not enough coaches out there that do that. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Um, if I'm wrong, please let me know. But hey, I'm rambling. <laughs> I'm rambling on now. Um, this, this podcast was all about um, rest days and improving your sleep. So listen, guys, I hope that this information will help you when you're in your sessions, your journey, your recovery, um, whatever you are doing today. Make sure you give it the big beans the whole beans, and nothing but fucking beans.